T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's talk about the morning show's interview with Saunders. Yeah. I think this is a, I think this is a bad look when you think about... Uh, ownership in the NFL and when you talk about the differences with owners and different owners across the league and it's something I've been thinking about a lot because I've told you before like I I actually like a lot of what Jimmy Haslam does the big flaw with Jimmy Haslam and the Haslam family is the meddling that's always going to be there that's part of it he bought the team he's not really shying away from that this was Al Saunders earlier today I'm with Ken and Anthony the leadership issue, the culture that people talk about, it's really difficult. The teams that I've been on, our Super Bowl championship team with the Rams and 15 years in Kansas City where we went to 12 playoffs in those 15 years, and typically the locker room is really cooperative. The thing that happens that I always felt being in Cleveland, that, that there was so much drama. You know, there was drama last year with uh, your defensive players and, and now Jadavion Clowney, you know, saying things and people criticizing. Joe Woods and the defensive coaches the year before it was OBJ and Baker before that it was the confrontations between uh, the head coach and the offensive coordinator and it just uh, you've got to build character and quality of the way people handle things uh, and from a business fashion with the way you establish uh, the protocols with your team you know leadership I think comes internally uh, there are some guys that are terrific leaders they're vocal leaders uh, that are competitive guys there's guys like Nick Chubb, who don't say a word and are tremendous leaders by example. But uh, winning helps that. Unification from the top helps that. Understanding everybody's roles and, and making their job a business uh, is important. And doing things that create harmony within the team in a practice environment, uh, in the building, are all really important. And you, you don't win a championship without that quality of, of not only leadership, but just cooperation in the building. You don't hear drama or issues really with the teams that win. You don't hear it with San Francisco right now. You don't hear it with Kansas City right now. You don't hear it with Cincinnati right now. But you do hear it with Dallas. You hear it with other teams that never get that far. And that always sometimes is the key element to the team having success, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, little league, high school. The affection that the players and the coaches have for one another and the cooperation and the respect that they have for one another is really important. And it's really a hard thing to develop. Al Saunders right there on the morning show. I've been thinking a lot about this because I, I heard an interview with Sean Payton earlier, right? And Sean yeah. Payton, this maybe was like two, three, four, five days ago, whatever it was. He was talking about interviewing with the Broncos. And he really liked interviewing with the Broncos. You know, you got the Walton family and everything. And it's just, it's a different vibe over there right now. They were really impressive on a Zoom call. He liked every bit of it. And then he talked about the Colts. And we've seen 
some of the stories that have come out with the Colts and Jim Irsay, and in particular with McDaniels. But he basically said, you know, moment I got on a phone call, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I just knew instantly it was not going to be a place that I could ever go to, not a place I was ever going to go to. And right. I do think the ownership matters. I do think where you end up with the ownership and whether or not they meddle or whether or not they just give you free reign to go do what you do, I think, Dustin, anyone that believes they're great at anything is going to care about what the ownership, whether or not they meddle, whether or not they don't. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, I, I think owners matter um, tremendously in in these situations. And I, I've said for a long time, I, I just feel like it's going to be tough for the Browns to to, to win a championship with, with owners that continually, um, you know, meddle and and obviously have their their hands in a lot of things they fire coaches all the time like it's just it's just not a good environment you know and i hope things change and i hope th- that things can you know get to the point where the where the browns frankly get a little bit lucky we're going to need a little bit of luck right yeah well like for instance cincinnati cincinnati for the longest time people call them the mom and pop shop right yep how many people crap on cincinnati owners right now not really a thing you can't really do it right it's, no, it's kind of can't. it's kind of changed. Dallas for 25 years. People in Dallas love Jerry Jones. People talk about like they don't. People in Dallas love Jerry because yep. Jerry seems like he cares. But Jerry's also involved in everybody's business. Like, how do you find that balance in between? And and how do the Haslam's thread that needle? But it, are we in a situation where maybe you just said like maybe just if the Haslam's unless they decide to do something completely different, we're going to have the same results over and over again based off of what Al Saunders saw in his time in Cleveland. When you have an owner who takes active part in the decision-making of an organization and becomes close with the players themselves. Oftentimes, the players go over the head of the head coach, over the head sometimes of the general manager, and directly to the owner for answers or for setting an environment that they would prefer or feel more comfortable in. And that's always a dangerous thing. And it leaves the head coach really in in a real difficult situation. So the head coach has to be the voice of the team. He has to be able to command the respect and the understanding that the chain of command you know starts and ends with him when it comes to the players and if that's established typically teams have more of a chance to to have success over the years my takeaway there dustin is simple i know al's like oh it creates all sorts of dysfunction and it's not great when the quarterback and i'm assuming he's talking about deshaun watson in this instance goes over the head and talks to the owner as opposed to going to the head coach Sorry, when you paid Deshaun $231 million, you're paying him to go over the head of everyone. Like, Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, he goes directly to Jimmy Haslam. If he doesn't like something, if he doesn't like the buffet spread, he gets to go to Jimmy Haslam. Like, that's how this works. Yes. It might not be the greatest Mm. setup in the world for Kevin Mm. Stefanski, but I'm not here to appease Kevin Stefanski. I'm here to appease Deshaun Watson. He should have direct contact with Jimmy Haslam. Yeah, I mean, he's the the $200 million man. Like, he's the guy that... um, you know, this franchise is banking on that, you know, frankly, if, if he doesn't pan out, this team's not going to win and it's going to be a rebuild in five years from now. Um, you know, I tweeted about this after the games on Sunday. I'm like, you know, Joe Burrow looks the part. Josh Allen looks the part. Didn't on Sunday, by the way. But, uh, you know, Mahomes, like, we we need Mah- we need Watson to, to be that guy because this division, I mean, Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. No. Certainly not. I mean, he's he's a, a, a game away from back-to-back Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah, it's wild. There's a lot about the AFC quarterback situation right and now. They're that's favored wild to win the game on the road. 
Well, I, so I did my list earlier, and it was like the top five quarterbacks in the AFC or in this play in the playoffs. I did one through fourteen. The top five were all in the AFC, yeah. and that was not including Deshaun Watson. That was not including Lamar Jackson. That was not including, depending what you think about Russell Wilson potentially this next year. Like the AFC is. Built with quarterbacks, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my quarterback have the most say, and if that ruffles the feathers of Kevin Stefanski because he's going directly to Jimmy Haslam, well, again, so be it. Sorry, Kevin, that's when you that's the deal that you made with Deshaun Watson when he came here. He gets to go to the owner directly. Yeah. Now, should it be set up differently? I'll ask you that because I think in other organizations, I think most people would like it if the quarterback just dealt only with the head coach, dealt only with the GM. Sometimes you can get some weird situations, though. Like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay is unique because the Packers don't necessarily have an owner. The people are the owners, right? They have a committee and a board, but the people are the owners. When he was really upset, it's not like he was able just to go to the GM and say, hey, here's my problems. Let's figure this out. Like by all the reporting, he just kind of went to the media or he didn't say anything at all. Like it's a, it's a weird dynamic that you kind of have to toe the line of. It is interesting, Green Bay. I know the people do have stake. Do they have all the stake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's one hundred percent. It's owned by it's owned by the people. No, there's no one sole owner. They do have a whole board, though. Okay. It's like a board of like I think it's like ten or eleven people, and these ten or eleven people essentially make all the decisions. All right, Seattle's got kind of a similar setup right now too, because Seattle. They, so the owners of the Seahawks. The husband passed away, yeah. and now it's just the wife, and the wife wants nothing to do with it, basically. So she's kind of like operated through this board, and that's why Pete Carroll will never lose his job because the board has to then basically say, hey, Pete, you're not doing good enough at your job. We're going to let you go, but the board is run by her, and she's overseeing things that aren't the Seahawks. Right. So he's just never going to lose his job. If he, it's like It'll be his decision well, I mean, when he, he goes away. He's also in his 70s. Again, it'll be his decision when he goes. Well, you could have made a legitimate argument before this year. Yeah. After the Russell Wilson trade and him demanding out that Pete Carroll could have lost his job. That was on the table. But again, not not all these teams have these situations. And I'm getting some tweets in here and Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daniel says mm-hmm. Al Saunders forgot that the Ravens mm-hmm. had drama around Lamar. Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Again, we mentioned Green Bay. It's like, again, the drama around Lamar Jackson isn't necessarily because of the owners. I do agree that all teams have some drama built in, of course, but is our drama built around Jimmy Haslam or is our drama built around other areas right now? I guess that'd be the bigger question, Dustin. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I mean, I, I, I've always felt that ownership has been a problem here. Um, but to this point, I mean, now we're going on year four with the same coach and GM. You know, the stability is not the issue now. Now it's the culture. Like, can we get the culture changed? It's been four years. And this is one area where I feel weird kind of complimenting the Haslam's because in recent years, in the past couple of years, Dustin, I feel like they've done a better job of staying away. I also say that with the understanding that Deshaun Watson's not here if they don't get in the middle of everything. Right. So, like, how do I balance that out? Like, I, I know it on a day to day basis. Yes, they might be around, but on a day-to-day basis, I don't feel like they're as involved with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski as they had been in the past when it was Hugh Jackson, when it was Freddie Kitchens. I feel like they legitimately did the right move of hiring smart people and then trying to stay out of the way as much as they can. I also know, though, you don't get Deshaun Watson if they don't sign off of it. 
Like that's a $231 million decision. They get to make that call. That's their final say. So it's a weird space for the Haslam's. Right? I want to give them credit for getting Deshaun Watson, and I want to give them credit for then also moving away, but the two kind of contradict each other. Yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, th- they did get the quarterback that you know gives them a chance, but they've also put fans in a tough spot where they don't necessarily, not every fan out there wants to root for this guy. Um, he does bring some baggage, obviously, and then if he doesn't pan out, then it's all on the Haslam's. Yeah, for sure. It's on everyone, though. That's yeah. the sad part about that scenario. Like, if you're Andrew Barry and you're Kevin Stefanski, your jobs are tied to how well Deshaun Watson do when Deshaun Watson wasn't your decision. But part of the reason, I think fans forget this, part of the reason why Andrew Barry got to be the youngest GM in the NFL yeah. and why Kevin Stefanski, with one year of offensive coordinator, that's really all he had. He was a one-year offensive coordinator yeah. and is under 40 years old to be able to be named a head coach is because it comes with the idea that you're going to coach and GM under the Haslam's. Right. That's that's part of the deal. Again, Sean Payton can talk about having a meeting with the Colts and thinking Jim Irsay is all wackadoodle and he's not wrong. And then he can say, sorry, I don't want to do that because he's got power. He's got leverage because he's been a head coach. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's done all these things. You know, if you want a job at a young age that you probably shouldn't have because you're not qualified for, it comes with being a puppet at times to whatever the owner demands and wants. Two one six five seven eight double nine two. Dave, up next in the fan. Hello, Dave. Hello, guys. Uh, good stuff on uh, on the show. Hey, you know, I agree with you guys, and you know, I think what's happened is in any business when you don't really know who's in charge, or there's this kind of maze of complexity about who's running the show and so forth. Your culture is not going to like become everybody's envy, okay? That's going to be a difficult tread to, to go through. And secondly, on the analytics thing, um, Barry's had a few cracks at draft choices. I'm wondering what the, what the metrics in, in the rearview mirror say about players we didn't select compared to those we did. How did they perform in their various posts? I'd be curious to see what kind of uh, – um, for that has. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you. Let's go out to the athletic. Let's talk to Jeff Howe. He covers the NFL and the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Jeff, how are we doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Good. We are coming off a, obviously a, it was kind of a dud of a weekend if we're being honest, because the, the divisional games, although we we love them, the games themselves weren't that great. What was your favorite game to actually watch this weekend? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I was at the Jacksonville-Kansas City game, so I guess I'll just go with that. It probably wasn't the best game of the weekend, but, I mean, that was the one that I saw uh, the most clearly just from my schedule. And I, I thought it was, you know, the, J- the Jaguars were on the up, and-, and I think everybody realizes that. But, man, they just weren't ready to go into Kansas City and win, even though they had a bunch of opportunities to do so. Now, obviously, a lot of people are, are talking about this injury to Patrick Mahomes. He comes back in the game, and... We don't know how severe that ankle injury is going into this weekend's game. Uh, how how much do you think this affects this Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship game? It's massive. Uh, but I will say, before I get into that, like I would have picked the Bengals anyway, just because yeah. I think they're so hot right now, and I think Joe Burrow. You know, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win the MVP, and he's absolutely going to deserve it. The entire body of work, the staff, they trump everything that Burrow did. But going into the playoffs, the last two months, Joe Burrow's been the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, and I think he's, he's just riding high. But 
with the injury, I mean, the Jaguars started off that game for a series and a half, really getting a lot of pressure on Mahomes, but he was able to evade a lot of it. And his pocket movement, his mobility were a big reason why they were able to get out and score those first 10 points uh, and set themselves into, or get themselves into position to get that field goal while Mahomes was hobbling. He looked, he was in really, really rough shape. I know immediately after the injury, the handoffs and all that stuff, but just going into the second half, those first couple series, he couldn't move. And you saw that initial third down scramble where he kind of got like that quick jump. But as soon as he got past that first down marker, it was like all the explosiveness was gone. And the other factor was he really couldn't step into his throws as much as you would like to see him do it. So his accuracy was a little off. So high ankle sprains don't heal after six or seven days. So it's going to be really tough for him to go against that Anarumo defense that is playing almost as good as, you know, the the, bar, the credit that I gave Burrow for. You know, our beat reporter, Daryl Ryder, was with me yesterday, and he said, I, I, I love Mahomes. I've always spoke highly of Mahomes. I also like Burrow as well. Uh, Mahomes is so decorated as an athlete at this point, it's insane. Uh, I mean, again, five straight now, AFC title game appearances. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. He's about to win his second league MVP. Like, he is... In my mind, he's the gold standard uh, in, as far as quarterbacking in the NFL. But uh, Daryl said that if Burrow beats Mahomes, Burrow should be considered the best quarterback in the NFL because he's now 4-0 against Mahomes. Do you buy into that logic? I think that's fair. Uh, because, again, right now, I think take the injury out of it. Like I, I'll repeat myself. Like I, Burrow is playing the best quarterback, quarterbacking the best out of anybody in the league right now over the last couple months. I mean, he's just – he's clinical. He's unfazed by anything. He, he's got, like, that killer look in his eye. It reminds me a lot of my time covering Tom Brady for the better part of a decade. I mean, he's got that it factor, and he is – he's right there in the conversation. I mean, the entire body of work, obviously Mahomes is still a more accomplished quarterback, but Barrow has a chance to – to overtake him you know I mean you want to get into like the debate like is one game a referendum on where they are in their careers I mean I won't go that far but again just kind of look at what the last two months have looked like for Barrow he looks like a guy who's ready to take over that top spot yeah no I mean he definitely he definitely does Uh, let's switch over to the Browns Uh, you know when you think about the Browns and you think about where they're currently at and we'll get back to bigger picture things with the NFL uh, but uh, you know your view of the Browns, how far are, are uh, how far away are the Browns from a team like the Bengals and like the Bills and like the Chiefs? Yeah, I think they're just about everybody in the AFC is a substantial drop off from those guys. I mean, those three were the three best in the AFC, and then you know if you're the Browns, it's really about like where are you in terms of that second tier? Like how far are you away from a team like Jacksonville on the rise or the Chargers and where they could potentially be? A year from now, maybe maybe even the Broncos, if their coaching situation is able to fix Russell Wilson. So it's a crowded crop in those second-slash-third tiers in the AFC. It's an incomplete picture with Cleveland because we don't really know what they were. It's like you looked at this season when Watson got suspended and it was like, okay, all they have to do is tread water and then Deshaun Watson's going to come back and they're going to go 6-0 and and fix everything and, and maybe they'll be right there for a playoff spot. And that was just such, as we saw, that was just such an oversimplification. I mean, you can't put a quarterback in there. It doesn't matter how talented he is or whatever before his, uh, his extended time off. You take a guy off the field for two years, they're not going to look right. So it, it's just 
the biggest thing is how up to speed is Watson going to be next year at the start of the season, and how much can he overcome maybe some roster deficiencies that clearly he wasn't able to do last or this past season because of the long layoff. Jeff, you think Stefanski will will start the season on the hot seat? I think that's fair, just because you know they've they've gone backward over the last since that playoff berth, and that's just what happens with with coaches who, especially in their first term. I mean, once you start going backward, you, you kind of got you're lucky if you get an extra couple of years to prove yourself. So, yeah, probably. Should Deshaun be on the list? Like I heard uh, over the weekend, they kept listing off, and I believe Nance at the start of this listing off like AFC quarterbacks and where they all are, and and we go we can go through the list. But even without playing seven hundred days and not looking that great in the previous you know six games that he was able to play, should Deshaun be up there with some of the top guys, or does he still have to prove more? No, you got to prove it all over again. You get a layoff like that, you miss two years. You have to start. Not necessarily from the bottom, but you have to uh, you have to climb your way back up. I mean, nothing is there are no scholarships in the NFL, and uh, once you kind of it's an, uh, talk about over an oversimplification. I, I mean, we all know why he missed so much time. He has a lot of reparations to do, and he, he's got to start to play a lot. You can't just assume that he's going to be a top five quarterback next year just because he was in the conversation for something like that back in 2019 or 2020. Jeff Howe joining us here from The Athletic. Uh, You spent some time around Brady, and we'll get to Belichick in a moment. Uh, Did you hear his comments yesterday? Yeah, I did. That that was absolute prototypical Tom Brady. I didn't like the – I know his nickname is Scratchy. I I don't know how I'd feel about that if I was doing the interview and got called Scratchy like that. All right, so what do you think? I mean, do you think he ends up back with Josh McDaniels then, a familiar friend, or what do you think? I think that's the most likely scenario, and I just look at, you know, what happened this season in Tampa. You know, there were a lot of issues, and there were – Brady caught a lot of heat, but I'm telling you, like, I talked to a lot of people around the league this season. Yeah, did Brady decline a little bit? Yes, he did. Uh, And he's not absolved from some of the mistakes that he made down the stretch or even in that playoff game. But, I mean, they had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and then that was basically it. There was no running game. The offensive line was battered. And uh, the tight end position, they just haven't been able to, to fill that since Gronk retired. And then the coaching. Uh, it's just losing Bruce Arians was a much bigger hit on the offensive scheme than I think anybody anticipated. So when you have frustrations with the, the offensive system and the coaching and the change that you just had, I just keep going back to what would you want to do in any walk of life, in any profession? You probably want to go back to something familiar. And the most familiar system that he could find is Josh McDaniels and that there's enough talent on that offense. You know, they have to refit, they have to fix their offensive line the same way Tampa would this off season, and they have to get better defensively. So t- putting Tom Brady in there doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender, uh, but it's one massive piece of a puzzle. And I think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have a good plan for getting that roster into better shape. So I just think familiarity is going to be so important for him if he's going to keep playing as a 46 year old. I know it's a little far fetched, but with Bill O'Brien going back to uh, to be the OC in New England, is is there a possibility of of a uh, a Tom Brady reuniting with the Patriots? Yeah, I think I kind of uh, I think I kind of started that fire a couple of months ago uh, when I, I brought up the topic, and I, I think like if you 
if they were just going to run it back with Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, no, that possibility wouldn't exist. But if Robert Kraft calls up Brady and says, hey, what do you think? And, like, it, I don't think the ego is too big for Brady or for Belichick to say, hey, maybe this would work. Um, so there is some logical sense behind it. And going back to work with Bill O'Brien would help. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not prepared to rule it out. I would still call it a long shot because I think, you know, McDaniels is going to be a bigger draw in Vegas. Uh, he can expand his brand a lot more in Vegas, which I think is still important to him. And, you know, it's just trying to continue to win on his own is probably still an important factor. So, again, long shot, but wouldn't rule it out. Uh, last one, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Howell joining us from The Athletic. Uh, back to the playoffs. When it comes to Zach Taylor, do you feel like he's a good NFL coach at this point, or do you feel like it's just Joe Burrow? Oh, no. He's he's a, a terrific coach. Uh, he's getting to the – if they win the Super Bowl, you can put him in the in the possible category of great. Uh, it takes there, – there's always, like, this debate, and I, I had to deal with it for a long, long time in New England. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? It's always both. You can't win in this league without really good coaching. And more often than not, you can't win without really good quarterback play. And and I don't understand why, especially, you know, I guess in the Belichick-Brady debate, like why, just because he's a defensive coach doesn't mean Bill Belichick didn't help Tom Brady grow. Now, would Brady have still become Tom Brady without Belichick? Uh, It's very likely. (laughs) The guy's pretty damn talented. He was just overlooked on the draft. And then you look at you know, Taylor and Barrow, like those guys are a perfect match for each other. And the biggest takeaway that I've had in the NFL this season is how much coaching matters. We already got into what happened to Brady and that offense without Bruce Arians. Now look at the other side. Look at Trevor Lawrence developing under Doug Peterson. Yeah, good point. And how, how poorly coached he was a year ago and how out of sorts he was. You know, I talked to Trevor Lawrence about a month ago about all this and he needed Doug Peterson to re- help him rebuild his confidence after his rookie year. Uh, coaching matters. You know, you look at Kyle Shanahan going through three quarterbacks and still having his team back in the NFC Championship because coaching is just so important. Now, it's not everything. Like, you still need some, some talent and, and a good head on your shoulders, a quarterback. But if you don't have both pieces in play, it's really hard to be a winning football team. You know, again, Joe Burrow, number one pick in the draft, like everything about him, like his makeup, like his talent, this is the guy who would have been successful probably anywhere he goes. But Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for getting him on this fast track as quickly as he has. Jeff, thank you so much. Great stuff. We appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you later. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Uh, you too. Good stuff with Jeff. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.